I've come a long way. I've seen how you work. There's so much goodness in grace. Much more than I deserve. Cause I know who I am. And I can't stay where I am. Oh, we've come this far by faith. Oh, yes, we have. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. Hey! There's so much more to the story. Hey! You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me gentlemen if you are here today then God is not done with you yet I know so many people want to give up I know so many people are spiritually politically socially and culturally tired but the good news is is that you breathe you're breathing right now you're here with all of us right now which lets everybody know that God is not done with you yet. What a, what a blessing, what a lottery ticket winning feeling that is to wake up every day and say, wow, here I am again. Here I am again. And when you take that time to get out of bed and smile and bow your head and pray and look up and thank him and then look over at Satan and say, not today, get out of my face. When you take that time, Every morning. And you let it sink in that you are alive. Yeah, you might be hurting. You might be sore. You might have a disease where you don't know how much time you have left. But guess what? You're alive now. Yesterday doesn't matter. Tomorrow doesn't matter. You're alive today. And that in of itself is by far the greatest lottery ticket, the most, win- the, the, the most you could ever win off a lottery ticket is you breathing every morning. You think about that. You think about these people that win, you know, $10 million, a billion dollars, whatever it is on the lottery. And, and, and you're like, oh, I wish I could win that lottery. You win a better lottery every day than money. You are spiritually so rich. Nobody can buy you off. Nobody can bribe you, just like God. I love them. I, I, I love waking up and letting it hit me every morning that, wow, it's almost like being born every day, right? Given another opportunity every day. Unfortunately, most of us on this planet, not most of us here, most of us on this planet are so preoccupied with what happened yesterday, full of regrets and sorrows, or we are so worried about tomorrow and what tomorrow will bring, we don't even live in the lottery ticket blessing that we have right now. And I used to be that person. I used to be that person. I used to wake up pessimistic every day. And I mean super pessimistic. What kind of crap is going to come my way today? What kind of a loser am I going to have to deal with today? I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to look at anybody. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to adult today. I don't want to people today. I want everybody to stay away from me. If I could just go to work, not talk to anybody, get my job done and go home, I would be happy. Really? <laughs> really? That is what makes you happy? No. No. That is the devil convincing a certain person that loneliness, despair, anger, hatred, um, being non-social, all those things are what you want. But what your heart desires is what God put in there. And somebody's right in the chat. I mean, you hear this all the time. They don't call it the present for nothing. That's exactly right. It is a present. Every day when you wake up and you go like this, or should I say, that's Jesus knocking on the door with a gift. Oh, hey, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Express here, here to give you life today and love and joy and happiness and kindness and compassion and understanding and respect and patience. Yeah, here you go. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Appreciate that. Open it up. Boom. There's your gift for the day. There's your present for the day. How could any of us be upset when we, we wake up? How could anybody be upset? How could anybody go, oh, I can't wait. A day's going to suck today. Really? You're alive. So I titled today's show, Boasting About Tomorrow. And God gave me this incredible verse this morning. Today's my daughter's birthday. We have three April birthdays. We have my oldest son, April 3rd. We have my uh, youngest son, April 11th. And then we have my daughter, Lily's birthday today, April 18th. Now, you want to talk about a blessing. You want to talk about a gift. You want to talk about a present. Lillian Elise Harrell, our six-year-old daughter now. She's no longer five. She reminded me that this morning. Our six-year-old daughter was not supposed to be here. She was, we were told that she was dead Three different times, three different times we had to go through the pain that our daughter was dead. Three different times we had to get the blessing. Oh, nope, she's alive. Oh, nope, she's dead. Oh, nope, she's alive. Oh, nope, she's dead. But here she is today, six years old and alive. What a present. What a present. Now, if any of you have been following this show or even back when I, before I had the show, you guys probably remember when this all happened. Six years ago now. Remember that? I remember that year, that same year that Lily was born. We also got our house broken to and all the Christmas presents for the kids stolen. Remember that? For all those who've been here for that long. It's been six years already. So six years ago, we were blessed with a present. And it brought us so close to God. And do you know that Lily today talks about remembering heaven? Do you know that? My six-year-old daughter tells me about heaven. So either she remembers leaving heaven or she's definitely an angel from heaven that knows everything about it. I want to I say thank you to RJ Cat. Financially, she and so many other people have helped and given to us, even outside of what we need to run this show for our family, so much, so many of you. So many of you, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even sit here for an hour and name all the great people that surround our lives, like RJ, Cat and so many others. And I just want to personally thank you, because when you say, here's this money for this, that is what we do with it. If you say, here's this money for Miranda Dolan, like yesterday, I had no idea. I had no idea that she needed anything, but you guys did, and you guys donated for that, and I got a hold of her this morning. Same thing with Shelly Rose and her family. You know, it's, it, it, you guys are just so great. And anything that you say to use the money for, we definitely do. We definitely do. How much money was raised yesterday? Uh, 2500 bucks. 
$1,500 was raised yesterday. And then, of course, that was for, for, for Shelly Rose and her family. But then, of course, we raised another. I matched what Patriot Donnie put in for Miranda out of the Slurp Fund. Now, the one thing that the, the thing that's hard about the Slurp Fund, I don't think you guys know about this or not. Oh, thank you very much. Look at Shelly Rose. Just look at that. And, and she's the one who needs help and her family. She becomes a monthly supporter on Rumble Rants here. So the thing about the donations that come in. When we say, hey, we're raising money on Rumble Rants today for the Slurp Fund. I don't get paid for that slurp fund, for those slurp fund rumble rants until the next pay period from rumble sending us the money. So we got to cover that. So sometimes we have to take a break when we take money out of the slurp fund because we only have so much in there in real time to give. And then we got to replenish it and it takes over 30 days to get it back. So just so you guys know how that works. Otherwise, we could help somebody every day. But I only have so much in the coffers at one time until I can get the money back that you guys help donate and replenish. So that's why we don't help, you know, somebody every day or else we would or else we would. But it's a big blessing. We weren't worried about yesterday. We weren't worried about tomorrow. We were worried about that day. We were thinking about that day. We helped people in the present. And today we're going to send that out. And I'm just it's it's this rise up show, this LFA family, this entire network. I never, ever, ever expected it to become what it is today. Thank you, Annette. Annette gets to go see her family overseas for the first time in 14 years. My study was James as well. Your newsletter was eye-opening. Well, you know what we're going to do today? We are going to start the day out by reading the newsletter because you have to know why I titled it Boasting About Tomorrow. Thank you, Miss Mocha Powered. God bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, and then we'll get into our morning devotional. I've got a couple videos to show you today. We got a lot to do. So let's just get to it. Um, L. Dooley says, such beautiful people here. Yes, such wonderful and beautiful people here. You uh, hit the nail on the head. Miranda said, Jeremy, I sent you an email last night explaining our issues. Was totally not expecting Donnie, to, uh, Donnie starting donations. Yeah, it's amazing what happens. God is listening, right? And... You are, he's more than able, and God's not done with you yet. So let's get to the morning verse of the day, and then we'll go to prayer. Actually, let's do prayer first, and then the morning, let's start out with prayer, okay? Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so very much for bringing us all together every day, for reminding us that you are more than able, for giving us this breath in our lungs, enough for me to even say the next word, let alone the next sentence. It reminds us that you're not done with us yet. So if you're not done with us and you're not giving up on us, then please, Lord, allow us the understanding and the courage and the heavenly stamina to not give up on ourselves and not give up on our mission. For if we do give up on ourselves, for if we do give up on you and we do give up on the mission that you've sent us here to do, then we're just living, we're not alive. And we've wasted an entire life that you've given us. We don't want to be disrespectful, Lord. We want to be true children of God that live by faith and not by sight, daily walking behind you on that narrow path that Jesus has lit with his dim lamp. But we see. Help us fight off everything around us, Lord. Help us fight off the devil's tricks. Help us fight off the devil's dangling of the carrot in front of our face to get us to come off that path. Help us stay focused on you, Lord. Not on yesterday, not regretting what we've done, not worrying and being anxious about tomorrow that hasn't even come yet. Help us focus on today, who we can help, the truth we can spread, the gospel that we can share, and ultimately, Lord, the kingdom that we can represent. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what's funny about prayer? I remember when my prayers were full of ums and uhs. Ums and uhs. Um, uh, um, uh. 
But then I remembered that uh and um are both noises you make when you say the word dumb. (laughs) So I try not to do that anymore. And I'll also try to stop saying ladies and gentlemen so much. I know I say that a lot. Uh, As we're approaching 1,000 people, let's read the verse of the day today. Again, which I titled, for a very good reason, Boasting About Tomorrow. I said, hello and good morning to my LFA family, my congregation, my church out there. Do you feel peace today? Thank you, Halloween. God bless you. Do you feel peace today? Do you feel joy and excitement for what your father has in store for you today? I am. I can't wait. I'm so happy that he's allowing me another day with all of you. I'm so grateful to be breathing right now. After all, it could be a lot worse for all of us. Everybody here. We could have died last night in our sleep without giving our loved ones one last kiss and one last hug. We could be lost with no hope and no Jesus in our lives. Yet we are here together. Today we are all here. So let's make the most of it and let's not let our bad habits or the devil take us off our path. Thank you to those who read this every day for being here on this show and reading that newsletter every day. Verses of the day come from James 4, 13 through 17. Again, James 4, 13 through 17, if you have your Bibles. Starting with verse 13 in James 4, it says, Come now, you who say, quote, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town, and spend a year there, and trade, and make a profit, end quote. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? This is going to really get you. Ready? What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, and then vanishes. Wow. Instead, you ought to say... If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So somebody asked, how do you know if you're sinning or not? Well, there you go right there in that last part. Verse 17 of of chapter 4 in James. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. You know that guilty conscience you have? The devil and the angel on your shoulder? You know what you're doing is wrong. And that could be in anything. That could be in anything. That could be with somebody else, for somebody else, to somebody else, by yourself, whatever. If you know it is wrong and you do it for him, that is sin. But it tells you plainly in there, what is your life but a mist that appears, is here for a blip of time, and then vanishes? Who are you? Who are you to question God? You're a creature from the dirt. That's all you are. You're a creature from the dirt. Until you become in a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Now, I want to touch on that you're a creature from the dirt statement that I just made because some people may not agree. I disagree, Jeremy. You are a temple. The human body is a temple that God gave you. Okay. You are right in one sense. You are right. What if you never come to Christ and never come to God, never know him, never spread the word? All you are is a fleshly meat puppet full of blood and bones walking around uh, desiring evil. Are you more than a creature of the dirt? Let me touch on that again for a minute. People say that if God is slow to anger, and if God is all merciful and all powerful, and God shows grace and blessings, and God loves you, 
then why would God's punishment be so harsh on you? Meaning, why would God punish the rest of humanity with death and disease and destruction and pain all because Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit? Why is God so mean? Why is God so mean? Are you serious? Why was God's punishment so harsh? Are you serious? Let me explain. A creature from the dirt who was molded by the almighty God who God did not have to create but did out of love, breathed life into the nostrils of the creature that he created out of dirt. And that creature, given life, the breath in his lungs that you and I get every morning, defiled the holy God who created him and everything he knows, defied him, defiled the, I don't want to say partnership, but the covenant disobeyed and did the one thing that he was told not to do. And yet God still allowed him to live, still allowed him to have babies and those babies have babies. Allowed him to live for how many hundreds of years and experience the greatness even though he defied and dishonored and disrespected the almighty God who gave him life and complete bliss forever. And people want to say, how bad was God? What a harsh punishment. God didn't do anything wrong. Adam and Eve did wrong. They defiled. They disrespected. They got what's coming to them. They chose that. Here's the key. Here's the kicker. God not only created this creature from the dirt, gave him life, gave him glory, gave him blessings, gave him eternal eternity in the most beautiful place that could ever have, you could ever fathom, and he said, don't do this one thing. That's it. Have dominion over the world. Subdue the world. And everything in it belongs to you if you don't do that one thing. And then he goes and does that one thing. And you want to look at God and say, why was he so harsh on his punishment? Ha! <laughs> How arrogant. Eve was the deceiver, not Adam. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't matter. That's doing the same thing Adam did. Pointing the finger to get the uh, discipline off of him. Well, she did it. She's the one who gave it to me, God. God said, I don't care. I commanded you. You are man. You were created first. How dare you point the finger at your wife? We live an entire lifetime, if we're lucky. And that's a blessing. Well, I don't want an entire, I, I don't want 80 years. I don't want 70 years. I don't want 100 years. I want it all or nothing. I want to live forever. Okay, then drop to your knees, confess your sins, repent, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Understand that he died for your sins, took your transgressions upon himself, died under the weight of the law of Romans and Pharisees for you, rose on the third day and ascended to heaven. 
There you go. You've got eternal life. Oh, but I don't want that eternal life. I want, it to, I want to live forever here. Why did God do that? Are you kidding me? How arrogant are we as a, as a species? God gives us everything. Everything that we don't deserve. Miranda's right. We are selfish and self-centered. All of us to some degree. Now, I used the word dominion. Do you guys know what dominion actually means? It's funny, isn't it? That we've got these election machines that are called dominion, right? And arguably, the reason why God flooded the earth was because of the fallen angels that were mating with the human beings and creating atrocities. So let's go back to that word dominion. I know I'm going off on a tangent here because I'm supposed to be talking about not boasting about tomorrow, but I'm kind of in a zone right now. Let's talk about dominion for a minute. Why did the fallen angels sleep with human beings, creating what we know as the Nephilim, which are giants? And these fallen angels created these massive cities where they were the gods of these cities and the fallen angels, I mean, and the, uh, and the, and the children, the offspring that they had with human beings were the kings of these great nations. You wonder why God flooded the world, right? And why? So they could have dominion. Remember the word dominion. Remember that God told Adam and Eve, go on to the world and multiply. Subdue the world and have dominion over the world. I want to read for you what dominion means I saved this just for you ready for this Genesis Genesis 1 26 through 28 says this God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth dominion would you like to know the definition of dominion dominion is seen as the right to dominate and to possess absolute control over the entire earth. The fallen angels wanted dominion that God gave to Adam and Eve over this earth. Dominion is the name of the election equipment that is used to run and rule the world. Would you like me to read it again for you? I will. Dominion is seen as the right to dominate and to possess absolute control over the entire earth. That's the definition. You see, ladies and gentlemen, evil demonic spirits are trying to have dominion over this world, which means they need to have dominion over everybody in this world. That is why God destroyed this world once. And Jesus is going to come back and he is going to take these people out again. Know which side you need to be on today. Don't boast about tomorrow. Don't think about yesterday. Know where you need to be today. Now, I don't know why I just went off on that tangent about dominion and about the fallen angels and about the Nephilim. That had nothing to do with my conversation today. But it does fit in. It does fit in. In the name of Jesus, we must destroy dominion. Somebody said in the chat, I'm reading the chat, Julie Green talked about dominion yesterday. (laughs) Everybody always says stuff about me and Julie Green. It's so incredible. Julie Green just talked about dominion yesterday, and she read the definition and that same reading in the Bible. What? No, she did not. Send me the link, or I'll just go to a Rumble page. You said it was yesterday's show? I'll go there right now. Julie Green. Is it in the title of her show? So yesterday would have been... Freedom will sell. So it's uh, yesterday was freedom will be celebrated. That's the name of her show yesterday. 
Is that what the, is she, did she talk about Dominion in that show? If she did, let me know. Because I'll go back and I'll watch that show. I never, I've still never seen an entire episode of Julie Green. I've only caught like things that people send me. Uh, yes, truly, today's, uh, yesterday's show, I sent the links on Instagram to you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. No, not in the title. She talked about it again this morning. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. No coincidence there. That lets you know that God's speaking through many different people. Many different people about the same stuff, apparently. I, I, you know what? I, now that, now that uh, yes, she talked about freedom and dominion. Now that you guys are bringing so much up about Julie Green and about what she's talking about and what I'm talking about, and I have no idea what she's talking about, I'm sure she doesn't watch me and know what I'm talking about. I'm sure she's just as busy. But now that you guys are saying that, I would love to do a show with her. I, I would love to do a show with her because I, <laughs> I don't know her. But apparently, if she's talking about the same thing I'm talking about, that can't be a coincidence. And it actually kind of validates, kind of makes me feel good because it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Um, oddly enough, me and my uncle were talking about it yesterday, says Dawn. God has all of you at the same station. He must. He must. Uh, Bumblebee, I've never watched Julie Green. I'm skeptical of her being prophetic. I know, that's. I think that's the reason why I haven't watched her either is because I don't like when people use the word prophet, but I don't know why I don't like it. I guess because there's too many people out there that, that claim to be prophets and they're obviously not. So you kind of get kind of, you know, you kind of get gun shy when it comes to people saying that. I don't want people calling me a prophet. I'm definitely not. I don't get visions of what of the future or anything like that. But I do know that I'm super in tune with Jesus and the Holy Spirit every day. I do know that. Jeremy, you and Julie are aligned. That's great. Yes, prophets are real. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying so many people, there's so many people out there that say they are. Um, she reports news in her own opinion. Oh, she does news too? I didn't know she did news. Um, I can 100% attest to her validity. She grew up down the street from me. Her dad married my husband. Well, how about that? Well, then let her know that uh, we don't know anything about her show, but apparently uh, she's definitely onto something. Or I don't know, I guess. Uh, Julie Green is awesome. Well, there you go. There you go. I know you guys are talking about her quite a lot lately. So, um, Jeremy, I gave you the email for Julie and Telegram to contact her about coming on. I actually saw a live show of hers when you talked about it. So Telegram is something that, I mean, it's a lot like a lot of it, uh, stuff. I don't really check the stuff there very much just cause I can't, I mean, I literally can't ask Eli. I'm so busy. Um, but I'm gonna, I, I got to try to make it a point to check the correspondence more often. It's just super hard. Uh, it took me a while, but I watched Julie. Well, there you go. Planted by the water, says. All right, let's get into this. We're going to be reading from page 46. Now, you guys all know Romans 8.28. All things work together for the good of God, right? But let's get into this. Page 46 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. Trusting God in all things, right? If we are not to be boasting about tomorrow... Okay, and we are not to be worried and regret about what we did yesterday. Well, then I guess we are really trusting in God in all things, aren't we? Romans 8, 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Sounds like uh, Julie and me are doing something similar. So, you know, maybe the, that's things working for the good of God. It takes faith to believe that all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purposes. Especially when the all things involves intense family situations. Faithful dads learn that sometimes simply trusting God through the family storm is all that can be done. Trust, pray, and wait. God will work it out. He always does. Lord, I know hardship and twists in the road happen to everyone. But when they happen to me and my family, I stumble at how to just move on with my life. I know I need to trust you in all things with assurance that you're causing everything, yes, the hard stuff too, to work out in my best interest in the long term. You've seen some of the unexpected circumstances I faced. You knew about them ahead of time 
and saw them as building blocks for the life you've called me to live. Today, Lord, I'm thinking about some of the hard stuff in my life. Are you? Think about the hard stuff in your life right now. Think about it real quick. Three, two, one. The hard things in your life, they're in your brain right now. Today, I'm thinking about some of the hard stuff in my life. Help me trust you with the results. Help me see that you can take this bad. It doesn't say bad in there, but I'm adding that. That you can take this bad and bring good out of it. That's called glass half full. And the glass is always either half full or half empty. Guess what never happens? If you're looking at a glass half full and half empty, and we're not going to get into science here and talk about evaporation, but I'm doing this for a very simple, very simple point that I want to make. The water doesn't move. Your perception of what, that wa- what the water in that cup represents, that's everything. That's everything. Water doesn't move. That stays half full. I look at the water. Most people look at the emptiness that the wa- that, that's not filled yet. I don't do that. Not anymore. I only look at what I have, not what I don't have. And I cherish what I do have very, very, very much. I cherish this LFA family very, very much. I cherish what, we've, what we have going. I cherish what we've built. I cherish the people that need help that we can help. I cherish when I need help, you guys help me. I cherish this that God has given us so very much. Very, very similar to how I cherish my own children and my wife. And I also cherish the fact that my wife understands how much time this takes to do. We are moving and furthering the kingdom of God. And in order to do that and achieve what God has put us here to do, you must look at the water, not the empty space above it. You must. It's imperative. It's just the way it is. Now, I have a couple videos that I wanted to show you today. So if you just give me a second, I'm going to go to them now. I'm not going to try to make them fit the screen a perfect way because it takes time and we didn't plan for that. But what we are going to do is we're going to do a side-by-side and play you a couple videos because I think you should see them. Number one, the final generation. I want you to hear this. Now, you may agree with it. You may not. I don't know. But either way, I want you to hear it. The final generation. Because we may, we may be living in those days right now. Uh, let's see here. I'll just do a side-by-side like this. All right, let's play the video. When Israel is reborn as a nation, the Bible said the generation that witnesses it will not pass until all of these things are fulfilled. Your kids are not the final generation. Your kids, biblically and prophetically, are subsequent generations. The last generation, biblically and theologically, was all of you who were alive in 1948. And I'm not going to ask you to stand because some of you at that age can't. (laughs) Or it's painful. But I oftentimes do in our crusades for the sake of the young people, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren. Because if I asked everybody who was alive in 1948 to stand, and the young people looked around and recognized that's the last generation, before all of these things are fulfilled, it would be another reminder to you that we need to live every day ready to meet the Lord. When Israel is... Re- there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Just another... Just another... Warning sign in the Bible about the end times, right? The end times on this earth. There's other things too, like the Euphrates River drying up. The Bible talks in Revelation about when there's a 200 million man army. Do you know that there's never been a 200 million man army ever in existence until today? China, do you know that the river Euphrates is drying up very, very quick? These are signs and revelations that tell you when you're close to Jesus coming back. Now, it may not be in our lifetimes. It may not be in our kids' lifetimes. Remember, for God, 
Time doesn't exist the way it does for us. So when we're talking about in this generation, in this time, it may be a little bit different, but we are getting close. We are getting close. All you have to do is search about the River Euphrates. Look it up. All you have to do is search about the 200 million man army. Look it up. Never in time has it ever existed until today. You can't ignore these signs. You cannot ignore these signs. Now, I got another video I want to play for you right now. And by the way, this is not to dis- dis- discourage you or to make you doom and gloom or to make you go, oh, no, the world is actually coming to an end. This is a good thing. Jesus coming back is probably the best thing that could ever <laughs> you could ever experience. It is. You get to go to heaven. Jeremy, do you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation? Both. Both. I mean, you're, you're seeing trials and tribulations all the way up until the rapture, but apparently you're supposed to have another seven years after that, right? Apparently, there's a good, good movie. There's an excellent movie. Oh, I wish I knew the name of it. Maybe we'll play it. Maybe we'll play it. I can't remember the name of it. We just watched it the other day. It was about the rapture, and so many people just disappeared, right? Like in Marvel when that guy snapped and everybody disappeared, right? Uh, So many people disappeared. There were still millions and millions and millions, billions of people still left on Earth. And they were like, is it an alien abduction? Was it the rapture? What was it? Yeah, I love movie night too. I think more people should do about that. Oh, right. I'm talking about the seven-year tribulation. Rapture before or after? Well, I mean, I, get, I, I, I would say that the rapture is that entire time. From the moment it starts until Jesus actually comes back. I mean, isn't that the whole thing? The rapture, isn't that trials, tribulations through the whole thing? Maybe I'm not getting your question. If, I, if, if I'm... If I'm uh, if I'm wrong, let me know. No, the movie's not with Kirk Cameron. It's actually brand. It's actually brand new. It's actually brand new. I'm ready, but it makes me sad for my family who doesn't believe. Yeah, I know. Left Behind. That's what it is. It's the Left Behind series. It's not the books I read. It's the actual movies. They got. They have movies. Uh, in 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 uh. In continuity, they have, I think, three of them. So the last one, the recent one, is when everybody disappeared and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Right? That's what it is. That's what it is. That's the series. You guys should watch that. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Whatever happened to Freddie? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know what happened to Freddie. Uh, let's get to this next book, okay? Or this next video. Because uh, I, th- I saw this this morning. has nothing to really do with anything. except I just think it's a great video. And I think you guys should watch this. Especially when it comes down to people saying, well, how cruel is God? How wrong is God? How mean is God? How- Why is God punishing us forever because of what two people did? All that stuff. By the way, you can watch it on Pure Flix. We're like addicted to Pure Flix in my house. All right, check this out. Great video. Like, I'm so sick of this argument. People always talking about God is mean. God is cruel. Why are we going to serve God? I don't want to serve him. He's a boss. He's a taskmaster. Really? God is cruel? God is cruel? Man, the scripture tells in the first century of two people, man, that sold a house and the church came in. And then the apostles asked them, man, did you give us all the proceeds? They said, yes, we did. They said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. A husband and a wife died. Not Old Testament, New Testament, your era. Watch, watch, watch. Lied to the Holy Spirit and died. Let me repeat, because I think God is cruel. Lied to the Holy Spirit and died. Pause. You want to see what mean is? What if God, to prove a point, just start striking down everybody that sinned? You lust in your mind, dead. Lie to me, dead. Don't want to come to church faithfully, dead. Don't want to be kind to brothers and sisters dead. Every time y'all sin, I'm just going to keep striking you down until the church is empty. Until it's nothing but the worship team and the pastor left. Maybe half of them might be gone too. If God started killing people every time you sin to prove a point of how holy he is, people will be terrified to death. The church will be packed. But we in here sinning and breathing. 
So is he cruel? Or is he gracious? Wow. Wow. Is he cruel? Or is he gracious? What a powerful video. Need a peace treaty and a temple. I think that's coming. I think that's coming definitely in our kids' lifetime. Look at the Abrahamic house. They're already trying to do all the world's major faith and religion coming together as one, and they're not even allowed to put a cross up in the Abrahamic house and the United Arab Emirates right now. You've got these people that are trying to literally cause so much disaster that the one world government is going to come in and save the day. We need to do the one world digital currency, the one world this, the one world that. That is when you're going to see the Antichrist. That's when you're going to see the Antichrist. The Bible is predict, has predicted everything that we're watching right now. And it can't be one of those things, well, well, maybe this that generation thought the same thing. Yeah, they did. Because what the Bible predicted, they were going through at that time. And the Bible, what the Bible predicted in the end times, we're seeing now. They didn't see that before. They didn't see 200 million man armies. So there's no way that a thousand years ago they could have been experiencing what we're experiencing today. The river Euphrates wasn't, draw, wasn't even close to dry it up a thousand years ago. It is today. So I don't even want to hear that argument. Well, those people a thousand years ago probably thought the same thing. They did think the same thing due, uh, compared to what the, uh, the Bible said about those times and about what was going on then. But they weren't experiencing what we're experiencing now. They weren't experiencing the mark or the, 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 the one world government uh, a thousand years ago. People tried to make that happen, but it wasn't close. It wasn't even near as close as it is today. Just as a dad disciplines his child, God lets USA know without doubt who's in charge. Amen. Steve Bannon said yesterday, we are creating the Antichrist and it will be AI. That's a pretty cool theory. I mean, not good, but pretty neat theory. Everything that has been prophesied has come true. We are just waiting now. Amen. Nostradamus didn't see this. The Bible did, though. Amen. I have a feeling the Antichrist is Obama. (laughs) For some reason, I do not disagree. Uh, I want to go and I want to read the rest of the verse of the day today. Uh, my, my, uh, My interpretation of the verse. Remember being a kid and making plans with your friends? Now, remember, we titled the show today, What? Boasting about tomorrow. Remember when being, you, were being a kid, you were a kid and you were making plans with friends at school for the weekend? Maybe spending the whole day swimming or playing sports, then go to the movies at night, followed by a sleepover where you're both planning to stay up all night? How many of you remember those days? How many of you remember those days where you're trying to plan and scheme with your friend to have this amazing weekend, but you haven't asked your parents yet, but you're scheming with your friends and you're planning to have this incredible night, spending the night, all that. I remember it. You plan it all out. It's going to be the absolute best day of the year, hands down. You make the plan with your friend, and then you both part ways at the end of the day with one objective that evening, asking and convincing your parents to get them to allow the elaborate plan to take place. Remember, there were no cell phones, right? You had to reconvene the next day. Or maybe got on the the house phone. You do everything that you're supposed to do. You get home from school. You do your homework right away like you're supposed to do, which you never do, right? You start doing chores around the house before your parents get home from work so that they can come home to a clean house. You eat dinner and you talk about your day. You take your parents' plates and you do the dishes for them, hoping they'll notice that you're doing everything that they've always wanted you to do. They smile and they say something like, who are you and what'd you do with my son or daughter, right? You guys remember that. Everything's going perfect so far. Your plan is almost complete. Then the moment of truth arrives and you get them both in the same room or you divide and conquer like some of us did and you ask what you've been waiting for. However, all of a sudden your parents deny your request for reasons that you don't understand and reasons that they will not explain. Your whole life is crushed. You did everything that you thought you were supposed to do. How could they have done that? 
How could they have denied you? Why would they deny you? You go back to school and you tell your friend the bad news. But what makes it even worse is that your friend's parents said yes. And now you're mad at your parents even more. Then on Saturday, the day it was all supposed to happen, you find out that you are leaving the house for the day and you have no idea where you're going. All you know is that you are mad. Then you get to your destination and your parents had a surprise planned for you that they could not tell you about because they would have ruined the surprise. Maybe it's a new car. Maybe it's a little get together they planned for you and all your friends at a water park or Six Flags or something like that. The point is that you tried to control the whole process for something that you desired and you didn't even realize that your parents had something far bigger and far better planned for you, but they just couldn't tell you. You probably even cursed them out or told them that you hated them. Boy, don't you feel stupid now. This is the same way our father in heaven is. Just trust in him. and Don't worry about tomorrow or trying to control your daily plans. Smile and let it happen. Don't worry about yesterday or tomorrow. Just love today. I think today's verse was very powerful. I hope all of you got something out of it. I hope you enjoyed Rise Up today. We did not get through hardly any of the books, and that's okay. That's okay. Because I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here today. God bless each and every one of you. I love you more than you know. We've got Sean Farish and Ungoverned coming up next. But until then, we're going to take you out with some good worship music called More Than Able. Featuring Chandler Moore and Tiffany Hudson and worship elevate, uh, Ele- Elevation Worship. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. I think we're changing the world. Thank you for the donations. Sean Farish coming up next. Please stay tuned. And I'll see you at 11. Bye-bye. Amen.